I don't give a rat's ass about a spoiler. No shit. Like, it can be the day the movie's opening. You can tell me the whole thing. Yeah. If the movie is well made, I'll still enjoy it. I don't give a rat's ass. Yeah, but do you, like, I'm not saying you wouldn't enjoy it because, you know, like you said, if it's a good movie, you'll enjoy it. That's why movies can be rewatched. But do you think it takes mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. bit away from the, like, first viewing experience? I can't think of a movie where it did. Interesting. If anything, it prepared me for a bad movie. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to another episode of Films and Fika. Uh, this would be episode number two of our Larry Lindsay guest spot session, uh, because I've got, got a job in the mountains. Fuck him, we don't need him. And um, Larry, so happy to have you here, my man. This week we're talking about Identity, which is a 2003 movie directed by none other than James fucking Mangold, man. Uh, yeah, who's now working on Indiana Jones 5. Yeah, which will be interesting. I'm not going to lie. That whole movie is like a huge question mark in my head because it's like, why? For those of you not very much into remembering the names of the people that make the movies that entertain you, James Mangold is most recently known for his success at Logan. Uh, if you ask me, one of, if not the best superhero movie, uh, definitely top, top material for anyone who's a Wolverine fan. Um, so if you haven't seen that, what are you doing with your life? Go ahead and check that shit out. Honestly, I didn't care for Logan. <laughs> Fuck you. yep (laughs) okay now i have to know though why i i don't know it was just a little too uh, i don't even know how to describe i need to rewatch it because i've only seen it like twice because i didn't care for it um okay so they went for the r if i recall and then literally the mm-hmm. only thing that they were doing to go for the R was just F-bombs. Like, it just felt like there were so many unnecessary F-bombs. It's just like, we're, we're going R now, so let's swear. <gasps> well, if it's R, we can swear with fuck. Let's just say fuck. That's, if we're going to swear, let's say fuck. Okay, is that like yeah. a character trait for anybody? No, that's just anybody. That's the only swear word we know anymore. Uh, I remember feeling like that. And then... I don't know. I just I didn't care for the story that much. I thought it was pretty goddamn boring. But as I'm so sorry, I need to rewatch. It's not that fresh. As for James Mangold's mm-hmm. other work, Copland. Have you seen Copland? No. I think Copland's fucking tight as shit. Have you seen Kate and Leopold? No. That is a goddamn fun movie. That's the first time he worked with Hugh Jackman. Did you see Walk the Line. Uh, yeah, of course. Oh, my God. My mom loves it. I don't care for it. Um, <laughs> 310 to Yuma. I think 310 to Yuma is tight as shit also. Night it and is. Day. Little, little fun movie there. It is pretty and then fun. The Wolverine. D- depends which version you watch, but you know you can have some fun with it. Things happen. Then there's mm-hmm. Logan, where I feel mm-hmm. like I'm sleeping the whole time. And then Ford v. Ferrari. Not bad. Not bad. It's not bad. And, and then you get... Indy 5 coming out, man. I'm stoked for that. I, I generally 
track record wise, I, I I like James Mangold quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. For I sure. think I out of all these, my favorite. Oh my god! Okay, well, I'm gonna go top three. Okay. Three ten to Yuma, Copland, mm. and probably Kate and Leopold, which doesn't even put in the movie we're talking about today, which mm. is too bad because it would definitely be up there because I do like this one a lot. Yeah. So like identity is. 2003, and I think it's always interesting to see what happens to writer-directors. Um, and the guy who wrote Identity, which his name ex- escapes me, but oh, um, Michael Cooney, uh, he's literally mm-hmm. not done much after uh, or before. Um, but, you know, it happens, I guess. Sometimes people just make stuff and then it just doesn't really go anywhere else. Um, Identity, though, is the favorite movie of one of our close friends, Isabella. Shout out to you if you're listening. I hope you are. I think you would be. Um, she and, was uh, on the double episode of Midsommar and uh, Hereditary. Yeah, yeah. So we've yeah. had Isabella on the podcast, and her episode is actually one of the ones that gets watched a lot. Uh, it's a really nice double feature. I got hated every minute of preparation because he doesn't do scary <laughs> movies as some of you guys know. But um, yeah, it's a fun little episode. And uh, so Isabella is here in spirit and hopefully as a listener because uh, we need the views. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> That's a weird sentence. A listener because we need the views. That's I know, a weird sentence. The internet is fucking crazy. <laughs> Uh, I also think it's kind oh, of Oh, like also, my... guys, don't forget to like and subscribe and hit that little bell button. There we go. I got you yeah. covered. <laughs> <laughs> Especially because we do have a YouTube version of this uh, podcast and every single one of our other episodes is also on YouTube under Films and Fika. Don't forget to check that out. If you like and enjoy listening to our voices, I bet you could also find some enjoyment in watching our stupid faces. Um... Anywho, I have a couple of questions for you, Larry. Okay. Because we've we've had you on the podcast before. And so yes. for those of you who don't know, Larry went to film school with Algar and myself. But he went in as an actor, not as a production person. So Larry had a very different experience. But also, I'm assuming that because you are into acting... Um, that you have a different, that you came to be interested in acting through different, um, you know, reasons than us who are like more production centered. I am pretty sure you've spoken about this a little bit before. Um, Maybe probably. Yeah, probably. So I just like for the people that don't know you, what got you into acting? Uh, you know, is it like a dying passion of yours? You say a dying passion? I don't want to do it anymore. Is that what you're saying? No, like, uh, I, you see, this is the thing about second language podcasts, okay? <laughs> Sometimes we say shit, like, I've been editing stuff, and me and I'll go have a conversation, and I'm like, man, half of that makes no sense at all. Uh, but here we are. Mm. What, I, what I wanted to say <laughs> is that, is it like a burning passion of yours? Oh, for sure. Okay, so... Literally, I mean, it's, I mean, there's no, no bullshit. I'm not good at anything except that. So okay. when I don't do that, I'm just, what am I going to do? 
And mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to say I'm like a fantastic actor or anything. I definitely can work on things. But out of what I've seen, I'm not bad. I'm better than, than some people I know, which is really mm-hmm. a weird thing to say because normally like you're your worst critic. So yeah. if you watch some other people that, you know, you know, and are doing well and you're just like, all right on, good for them. I know what I would have done with that part. Uh, but then, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe it's just like an actor's ego thing. I, now, I didn't mean for it to be me sucking my own dick, but that's what happened right there. Uh, so <laughs> what got me into it, I was so young, like. Man, I kind of remember playing like in public school out at recess. We would we would reenact like TV shows and movies and stuff, or like make sequels out there to to continue the story. Like I don't know if you remember Young Hercules mm-hmm. with Ryan Gosling before yeah. he was big. Yeah, we used to play that and just continue those be like hey i'm gonna be hercules today let's do these stories and then i don't know why i said like that but uh speed we did another speed not knowing that there was another speed because there was this uh like jungle gym thing with a steering wheel well oh man we got this there's a bomb on whatever this is we're gonna do this (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i just always loved it and then like i'm collecting movies since eight years old so yeah that's what it is i mean there's probably more to it it's you caught me off of that question because we didn't prepare for any of this i mean maybe he prepared the questions but i had no idea they were coming and it's slightly early yeah and my fika looks really weird today so <laughs> yeah yeah um my uh my coffee is also in a very weird container because uh, we're totally <laughs> both drinking coffee today uh, yeah so you know, you kind of totally answered the second question that I was going to ask you, but I'm going <gasps> to oh, ask no. it anyways and okay. see where it goes. Because I wanted, yeah, to, you know, I wanted to know if there's anything, you know, in your repertoire that you're good at, but you don't necessarily get to brag as much about it. Can you elaborate on that? Do you mean like just in acting or? No, no, I mean like in everything, you know. Oh, yeah, I'm not good at anything. No, um, <laughs> I was I was in a band for nine years. And so, like, uh, I'm definitely rusty, but I, I played the guitar and sang in that. But the the first instrument I ever learned, I shouldn't say learned, like, so taught myself because, like, I don't actually know how to do it. I self-taught in every instrument I've ever done mm-hmm. was drums. I was heavy into nice. drums. Uh, my buddy had an older brother who had like his band. They had equipment in their basement. It was right across from the public school. Mm-hmm. So at like our lunchtime, we would go over to their house because uh, when he was in high school, the public school, they had different times. So they'd never be there. So he would go downstairs and pick up the bass guitar, whatever. And I'd be on that fucking drum set, just going to town, learning how to do that. Obviously sounded like shit for a long time until I finally figured it out. Mm-hmm. But I was considered myself a drummer, though I, I haven't in the city. Obviously, like everything's closed, so I I bought an electric drum, but it was so cheap that half the shit wasn't responsive. So I haven't <laughs> drummed in a long time. So I'm probably really sloppy. But if I could get back into that, I would love that. But uh, 
<clears throat> because of that, uh, my parents bought me and my two sisters a guitar, mm-hmm. and they never even tried to pick it up or learn it. So I didn't even know you had to tune a guitar. I was just like, here's the strings. This is cool. Uh, somebody showed me how to read tabs, so I guess that's how I learned. I don't remember mm-hmm. who showed me how to read tabs, but so I picked up. I think I tried to learn Brain Stew by Green Day because it's just doing it, doing restart so i was like that sounds easy i can do that for sure so i look at the tabs like, okay my fingers go here okay so and it just sounded like shit i was like what the fuck then i kept going and i was like i'm just not good yet once i get good this is gonna sound a lot better okay and then i brought my guitar somewhere and there was another guitar player and he tried mm-hmm. playing something I was like, what the hell is wrong with this? did you is it in tune I was like, in what like you play the tune bro what are you talking about (laughs) he's fiddling around and then he makes beautiful sounds with it i go whoa can i see that i see it i play the hell out of brains too (laughs) oh my god right on yeah man uh yeah the more you know so and, and then i i sang in the band too like i'm before we uh, went on hiatus because I moved to Toronto. Mm-hmm. I think I was probably the best vocally I ever was in my life. And now I've done like a few music live streams over the pandemic and my throat or however, I don't know because I'm not trained. Once mm-hmm. again, I'm probably singing incorrectly. Is just like, yeah, no, you can't do what you used to, bro. You should not even try this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's really interesting that you bring up the guitar because I took guitar lessons the bare minimum like i you know it's the thing and then pandemic started and i picked the the guitar up again after fucking years of not picking it up um Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. i figured out you know after actually playing it for really for like long periods of time for multiple days straight that the reason why i never truly learned or mastered it was because i used to go to my class once or twice a week and then i wouldn't pick the guitar up when i was home right you just it was like a necessity for that day so you're like that's when i do it i don't need to do it any other time exactly exactly so that also mostly because i've always been a huge bitch about pain right so (laughs) so your fingers yeah i can totally see 12 year old me being like what the fuck man like this hurts like it's not even worth it (laughs) um so I start, you know, actually properly using it and stuff, and I had to clean it, and I, I know how to tune it. That I did retain that much, um, but then one of the strings broke, and I was like, "That's fine, whatever." So I ordered like <laughs> new strings, and then they get here, and for the first time in, you know, at this point it would be ten years because I started playing when I was twelve, fourteen. Mm-hmm. Um, I realize I've never changed the strings of my guitar. Like the last oh, time. Oh, no way. Yeah. Like the last time, like when I bought it, strings. And then eventually in class at some point, my teacher was like, you should change your strings now. So he was like, just bring the strings and we'll change them here as a class. And then because there were three of us, it was just faster for him to do all of the three of us instead of teaching us how to do it. <laughs> so then he just did it. And then yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the last time that my guitar strings were changed. So then I mean, like <laughs> Googling and YouTubing videos of how to change the strings of my guitar because I fucking have no clue how to do it. Um, and it's like those 
knowledge gaps that are not necessarily in the foreground of your consciousness until they're like until you're there and you're like oh fuck i have no idea what the hell i'm doing right now i one time like uh got my tax return back and i made a bunch of money so I was like, i'm gonna buy a guitar i'm gonna go out there getting an acoustic electric so i can plug it in play it at live shows and then um i go to the the music store i was like yeah i'm just gonna look at your acoustic guitars and they go okay he's just in that room there uh he says what's your price range he says, no price range man I just got my tax return. I'm good to go. So I go into the the room and I actually literally just pick up guitars, start playing, like see which ones I like the sound of. Apparently, I picked the cheapest one. The cheapest one had the best sound for me. <laughs> so the guy, the guy was probably stoked when I said no limit, and then he came out with that thing. He's like, okay. Right, so, um, I went to go change the strings, and uh, the G string kept breaking. Okay. Uh, so nice. <laughs> I was like, what the hell, man? Nice. I've gone through like three sets of strings here. This thing keeps breaking. Uh, is there something wrong with the guitar? No, I just didn't know how to put them on. Right. Yep. I just, I didn't add enough slack at the end. So it was just too tight all the time. But now I add so much slack. Those things could outlive a nuclear blast the way I put them on now. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I was like watching this video on how to put it the fucking string on and he goes well you you want to leave some slack but not too much i was like okay so what the fuck, what the fuck? i'm a very like when it comes to instructions <laughs> i need people to be clear like if you're super clear specific at giving me an instruction i will do the damnedest job i can but if mm-hmm. you're just like just leave enough slack i'm like motherfucker i haven't done this for <laughs> however many years you have what is what is it, uh, enough? I need a number. Give me a number of slack. <laughs> exactly, like you know, like two inches, five inches. Like what? I like I can figure that shit out. You know, even if I don't use <laughs> that fucking stupid system. But then, uh, so I'm there and I'm trying to figure this thing out, and I'm like, oh man, I really don't. Uh, fuck it. I, I guess like I think this should be enough, and I think it mostly work except for the E string. Um, because that one broke like two weeks later and I wasn't even doing that much of anything. So yeah, I had to change it again. It is what it is. I bet you, you probably kick my ass on the guitar though. Cause if you had lessons, you'd, you'd probably be able to kick my ass. Me, no lesson. Me, me play simple. Me, <laughs> no leg hard. No, honestly. I don't, I don't even know my, um. I I don't know it enough that I don't even know what to call it. Um, the scales. My scales. Thank you. So good. So you know I, exactly. I don't know my scales. I just I'm. If we were ever to be in a band, you would be lead and I would be rhythm. That's thing is, would I go. don't I don't even know the scales either. <laughs> right. On. That's, that's, that's what I us. mean. Right. Like I honestly yeah. I retained nothing from my guitar lessons because I never <laughs> practiced. Like I was just like mm, oh fair. man like. I, I take guitar classes and whatever, but realistically what I know now is mostly self-taught. So it's a lot of YouTube videos and a lot of tabs, which for people who actually mm-hmm. know music is sacrilegious. Cause it's like you motherfuckers can't even read music. No, I can't. I can't read music. music. Um, I, I took, I know. Sorry. We're probably going over time here and shit, but, um, I when know. I was in high school, um, Grade nine music class, mm. I learned trombone. I could not read the sheet music. Still can't read sheet music to this day. And so I would write in the book, literally, uh, I'd have the guy next to me, I'm like, what note is this? He goes, 
see it. I would just write a C over top of the shit mm-hmm. all the way through. Then I'd just have to remember which position everything was. And then grade 10, I didn't do any music class because like, I can't read the music, man. Why would I don't want to go in there if I can't read the music. And then grade 11, I needed some courses because I was a shit student. And so they put me into music. I was like, okay, well, I didn't do grade 10, so I got to do grade 10. I got to go back. They're like, no, you've gone up on stage here at the school. You play guitar. You can skip. And I was like, what? No, that doesn't mean I know what I'm doing. <laughs> so they skipped me. So all of a sudden, I'm with people that have been reading music for a minimum of two years, maximum, however long they learned when they were younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, luckily, though, from like, I think grade 11 and 12, I, was, I got on the drum set. Could I still read that stuff? No, but I knew where I could pretend to put a beat, so that's what I would do. Yeah. For me, when it comes to the drums, I also self-taught because I was in boarding school, and for some reason, it was one of the days that, you know, it's like really shitty in terms of weather, and there's really nothing else to do in boarding school. If you're not outside, you have to be doing something inside, and inside, there's not a lot to do. And so, uh, in the we were like talking to one of the guys who like looked over us and he was like, well, I mean, have you guys been to the band room? And we're like, the, the what? And he was like, yeah, no, like we have a room that is a little bit more soundproof than the rest of this old building. A little more soundproof. <laughs> a little. Yes. No. Cause it had like, it was more soundproof, but it had a vent where that, oh, okay. like, that went all through the the middle of the building. <laughs> so then realistically, you heard everything because of that vent. But so like my school was a uh, hospital during World War II. And so because, you know, Europe and everything is old over there. So mm-hmm. the fucking band room was a bunker. Like it was legitimately a bunker where you like it was a huge fucking metal door and you had to like pull down this whole like metal bar thing so that it could open and then you were in the band room. So we went to the bath bathroom. We went to the band room and <laughs> two of the guys that I was with at the time, they knew how to play guitar, arguably way better than we like the rest of us did. So mm-hmm. they picked up the guitars and then you know, I play a mean rock band, so I was like, fuck yeah, I can play fuck the yeah, drums, dude. man. I don't care. Oh, no. Okay. So, <laughs> I we start like, goofing around, and, like, I've always had a good sense of rhythm, um, so it was not as bad as I think it was, and then okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, eventually we're like, oh, man, this is really fun. We should start jamming and all this shit and whatever, and I was like, oh, fuck, okay, what am I getting myself into? And... So I go back to my room and I've always been super anal about trying to look as good as possible doing whatever I, it is that I'm doing. So mm-hmm. I was like in this thing and I was like, man, if I have to figure it out tonight, I'm going to figure it out tonight. So right. I start like researching how to read, uh, like if there's tabs for drums and they were, but they uh-huh. were like a little bit too X's cluttered. and O's and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. So I was like, oh man, okay. So I try to get by through those and then they're like, hey, this teacher told us about um, 
oh man what was it i think it was halloween they were like oh yeah for halloween we want like live music and there's this girl who's gonna play the piano and and sing and stuff and we're wondering if you guys wanted to like have a couple of numbers up there and they both were like yeah man we can do it and i was like oh fuck can we do it um (laughs) so like it turned into a serious thing overnight and they wanted to do home sweet alabama and rock and roll queen and both of (laughs) them yeah so i try to figure out Sweet Home Alabama is not that difficult, and then but Rock and Roll Queen, no. I couldn't find any taps for it. Uh, you just just need cowbell. Nobody gives a fuck. You so, just need cowbell for that one. <laughs> I was like, man, if I gotta learn how to read shit music, I'm gonna try it. Um, so I can kind of technically read uh, drum sheet music, but it's honestly just because I tried really really hard to learn it. Um, but it does not transfer to guitar at all. Let me tell you that. <laughs> Alrighty, so with all that in mind, uh, I don't know if this is going to be a quick question, so we'll see how it goes, but, okay, you know, I kind of want to know what your three wishes would be, right? And let's not, like, divert. You mean, like, if there was a genie? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I can't wish for more wishes and I can't wish for more genies? No, sir. Cause, wow. Because we're grown-ass men, okay? If I say you get three wishes, Ooh. you get three wishes. <laughs> Somebody's throwing some shade. Okay. Well, I'd wish for world peace. Um, of course. Yeah. No. <laughs> I said no. No. <laughs> um, honestly, I would wish to not like just have money fall my way, but I would wish to earn enough money mm. to live comfortably. Not necessarily be rich or anything, just mm-hmm. to be able to live and not have to worry so much like I think half of my stress is about money, mm. and as you know, I am now uh, a victim of fraud, and so I don't have any. So I would, I wish I could go back like three or four days yeah. and change that outcome. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I wish. <clears throat> so sorry. It's okay. I don't know how to do this without being cynical. I wish cancel count cancel culture wasn't necessarily so strong of a thing. Okay, like we. If everything is about acceptance and letting people be who they are, you're not going to agree with everybody. That's mm-hmm. fine. Just let people be themselves. And if you don't agree with it, I mean, you can speak. It doesn't mean you don't have to not like the person. You know, you mm-hmm. could have a nice conversation about why they think the way they think and, and why you think the way you think and why it doesn't work out. And mm-hmm. and then, you know, get on an even keel like that. What was the wish? Uh, <laughs> the wish was... <laughs> Uh, I wish that cancel culture was more understanding. Like, obviously, if you're a rapist, I'm not saying, oh, we should hear this guy out. I'm not saying that. Yeah. Um, there, so it's a bit, it's a bit muddied. But I think, I think the point I'm trying to make came across a little bit with what I was saying. No, yeah, you mean, you mean then, it's more like, you know, <clears throat> right now, cancel culture is just this huge like monster slash witch hunt yeah. uh, that can get really out of hand at times um for sure and for for people getting canceled for like things they did years ago maybe mm-hmm. even decades ago it's like they were different people then you know yeah. Ma- people make mistakes you're saying you haven't done things that you don't regret like yep. bullshit yeah i've i've definitely done things that i regret and if cancel culture happened when when i was when i did them then yeah i'd be fucked i think yeah. we all would no i agree especially if you look at 
you know, the ages that these people were when this stuff happened, where it's like, dude, honestly, if you didn't do anything stupid in your teenage years, or if you didn't do anything stupid in your 20s that you don't regret doing or saying, I don't believe you, right? Like, I don't trust you as a person. <laughs> um, okay, like, okay, Mr. Perfect. <laughs> you know, and like, that's what I'm saying, because Algon and I have done... <clears throat> close to 30 something episodes of the podcast at this point right and even though we try to make it seem like as natural as possible i'm gonna pull back the curtain here a little bit although it might not be um we edit the fuck out of it like we edit so much sometimes that's why we're trying to pull back on the time of the episodes because there's times where it's like we get to a conversation and we're like do we want this on the internet forever Right. And I also feel that for a lot of the people that are getting canceled right now, they didn't understand the way the Internet works and how it's just there forever. forever. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Even if you deleted it, there is probably an archive of it. And there's also probably someone who fucking saved it or has a copy of it or like, you know, it's a thing. So, okay, And what's the third wish? The third wish. The third wish I'll be totally selfish mm. and I'll make it all about me. Nice. Uh, I wish that ooh, it's kind of a double. I either wish that I was a better writer so I could write my own scripts and try to make shit that way. Or I wish I had more opportunities to do anything other than comedy. <laughs> there. Nice. I like that. I like the double edge of that for sure. So, like, even even at this point, you already feel like you're being typecasted. Yeah, isn't that weird? Because nobody knows who I am. I want anybody in the comments to write me if you are familiar with my work. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, like, I mean, I know you go out for a bunch of auditions, right? And I know that yeah. you were in a bunch of projects in film school. And is that something that, you know, you feel is already being a part of? The roles that you're... I felt in, in film school, like, obviously, I mean, I, maybe not even obviously, but I think my personality, my demeanor is always so light and fun-loving, I guess. So, like, yeah. I, I crack some jokes and shit. So, I think people just think that I'm funny, but, like, that's just the persona I put out there. I'm like, I don't want to be a dick, mm-hmm. but, like, I'm not saying I want to be a dick, but <laughs> uh, I think I got definitely more range than people are... are, are thinking i do just because of the way i present myself mm. but that's how i present myself and i don't know how to change that yeah. I, but because if i'm so serious all the time then it's like man i don't want to be around this guy He's yeah. such a downer yeah for sure. <laughs> yeah it's like but uh, why but are you inviting that guy? i think he barely talks yeah, yeah honestly though i think my best work has been my serious roles and the shitty shitty thing is it's mostly been on stage, so I don't have film of it. I don't have any record of it. But, uh, man. Yeah, I wish I wish more. I wish I'd have more opportunity. Even my agent uh, mostly puts me up for comedies. Yeah. So it is what it is. But, like, obviously, I'm at no point to not do them. I'm at no point in my life where I can refuse the work. Like, n- no, I don't <laughs> think I want to do that right now. I'm not here to make people laugh today. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm at no point to refuse anything. If somebody literally was like, "All right, Larry, so this is a serious role. You got to suck so many dicks, though." Mm-hmm. 
Right on. I can seriously suck dick, bro. We're good. I'm a dude. I know how to do. I've seen it happen. Yeah. We're good. I got this. For sure. You want me to? You want me to keep the cum catcher or what? See, I already made a joke. See, that's just where I go with it. I already made a joke. Okay, sorry. Alrighty. So now that we all know Larry a little bit too much, let's get into recommendations for the week. Tell me, Larry, anything that you would like to throw out there for the peeps. Here's the thing. I totally thought about doing a recommendation, and then I totally forgot about. It. But now, I'm going to do one that we already brought up, okay. <clears throat> or I already brought up. I'm going to recommend. Another James Mangold, mm-hmm. even though I love Cop Out, not Cop Out, Jesus Christ, Cop Land, Cop Out's Kevin Smith, which I do not love. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love Kevin Smith, but I don't love Cop Out. Okay. Um, I'm going to recommend Kate and Leopold. Okay. It is a nice, uh, I guess you could say rom-com, but mm-hmm. it's, it's a little bit, uh, do you know anything about it? Mm-mm. The poster that I just okay. saw. <clears throat> it's a time travel movie. Okay. 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 I'm sold. So, yeah. <laughs> that's all it took. Oh, honestly, so, I think time travel is one of the coolest things ever. So, yeah. Fuck yeah. So, um, it's got Hugh Jackman. Mm-hmm. This was like just after the first X-Men, I think. Let me look it up exactly so I have it right. Uh, X-Men was what, 2000? Mm-hmm. This is 2001. Yep. So... Just after that, and it's Hugh Jackman and Meg Ryan before, you know, when Meg Ryan was still big. Like, Holy Meg Ryan shit. was doing work like crazy in the early, yeah. um, 90s to, I don't know when she stopped, but she really died down lately. I would say she um, died down around like mid-2000s, but she was maybe, everywhere. Yeah, she was. So it's got Meg Ryan, Hugh Jackman, Liev Schreiber, Reckenmeyer. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, Leah Trevor from uh from Sphere that we did. Yeah. Um so anyway, Hugh Jackman is an English duke who lives in 1876 and Meg Ryan is from present day so that would have been 2001 at the time. <laughs> uh she ends up No, nah, she doesn't end up. Leah Schreiber ends up back there because okay. he finds a portal on the don't quote it's been a long time on the Brooklyn Bridge. Okay. And he goes through it, and he ends up in 1876. And Hugh Jackman's Duke uh, sees him holding this thing. It's a camera, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like, how, how peculiar. <laughs> and so he goes, and he chases this man down. And then he, he, tries to, he thinks he's trying to commit suicide, jumping off this little bridge, but he's not. So he goes to stop him, and they both end up going through this portal. Now, Hugh Jackman is in present day, okay. and that's all I will tell you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it is a fun little romance movie. And I actually, I really, really like romance movies. Yeah. I, I think it would be great to do one, but uh, not the prettiest. I, uh, <laughs> that, makes, that doesn't mean shit, bro. Like, um, it could be like your Jack Black in Thank the you holiday for agreeing. moment, you know, where it was like, everyone's like, what the <laughs> yeah. fuck is he in this? And then everyone's like, oh, he's really good in this. <laughs> Cool, 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 cool. Nice recommendations. I think it's funny how we've had you and uh, another one of our friends, Alexis, on the podcast, and then it's Aga and myself. So that's four dudes. Uh, and yeah. all four of us really enjoy like romance rom-coms? films. Yeah. yeah. I think it's I think it's maybe that we all do, but we just avoid saying it out loud because, you know, thanks I don't. to some asshole 
they were <laughs> tagged chick flicks in the 90s so a lot of dudes grow up with this whole like my sister watches that stuff i'm not gonna watch it i like james bond and tits and fuck your feelings. okay well let's be fair i like those things too no of but course. <laughs> <laughs> uh let me let me do a little bonus one for you then have okay. you seen it's another meg ryan okay. have you seen prelude to a kiss no meg ryan I've i seen, recommend that i've seen like her like her crown jewels if you want to call it where it's like sleepless in seattle when harry met sally mm-hmm. and you've got mail my recommendation for the week is something that I kind of revisited last week and I really enjoyed it. And I don't think it like I don't think people speak about it enough, mostly because I think it's probably one of the things that came out before Stranger Things was a thing. So I would say this is like the Stranger Things before Stranger Things was a thing because it honestly there's so many similarities between it. Uh, but I like the way that this one is you know, told and framed and the way that the story works. And I'm talking about J.J. Abrams's Super 8. And uh, mm. there's just something I just rewatched it last month. Yeah. There's something just really fun about it. It's about a group of kids in a little town in the United States of America. And um, one of them wants to be a film director. And he wants to put, like, a short movie into a competition. And so all of his friends help him do it and i think it's really cool obviously while they're shooting the film some stuff starts happening uh sci-fi stuff and i think it's really cool i think it's worth checking out the jj lens flare is also <laughs> everywhere in this movie but um i think it's really cool and i think it's a uh, like a nice time and um yeah, I think you should uh, revisit it. You haven't seen it in a while, or you should check it out. Can Can I ask you a question about the end of that movie without spoiling? Yeah. the The main child actor has this thing yeah. that you know you, and he he lets it go at the end. Yeah. When I was watching it, I was like, I get that it. I get what it symbolizes, but honestly, I would have kept that. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? <laughs> Honestly, I was watching him. I was watching it with my dad, and I was like, "So, how long do you think it'll take for him to be like, oh fuck, I should have kept that man?'" Like, yeah, <laughs> he's like twenty five, looking to marry someone. He's like, "Oh, that would have been a good. That would have, yeah, I should have. Fuck, yeah." <laughs> I immediately, right away, I was like, "Story wise, I get it, but no, man, go get, go get that." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah that's what happens when you take your metaphors too literally um okay so from movies to more movies and that's why you're here uh let's jump into 2003's identity Stranded at a desolate Nevada motel during a nasty rainstorm, ten strangers become acquainted with each other when they realize that they're being killed off one by one. Goddamn. If that does not get your fucking spine tingling, I don't know what will. That is the synopsis of this week's movie, Identity, 2003, directed by James Mangold, uh, written by, what is it, Michael Cooney? I was going to say, you said it earlier, yeah, Michael Cooney, you got it. So, 
it, we'll get into the cast for a second because I feel like similar to Sunshine, uh, we'll talk about the cast in a second because I think it's a really cool cast as well. Um, and I can name drop on this cast. Hell yeah. So basically, if you've just joined us because you like to skip to the movie talk, uh, hello, how are you? I hope you're good. Uh, Larry's back. Uh, Al has gone for a while. Well, not a while, just like a couple episodes, but... <laughs> Uh, thank you for joining us. We're going to be talking about identity, uh, as I've said, 45 times in this video, just in case you forgot identity. Well, you also said that in case you skipped here, so they wouldn't know that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, I just wanted to make sure they would. Larry, tell us a little bit about the cast. Well, you got the Stone Cold Fox, Rebecca De Mornier, mm-hmm. who, um, when I saw this movie... I did not recognize her back then, mm-hmm. and I honestly didn't recognize her this time when I saw her. I was like, she looks familiar, but I can't pick out who she is. And mm-hmm. the only difference is her hair color. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right on. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> also, if you haven't seen, oh uh, man, The Hand That Rocks the Cradle with her, give it a go. Ernie Hudson kicks ass in that movie, too. You got Jake Busey. He's all right. Yeah. You got William Lee Scott, who I know from the Steve Harvey show growing up with that. And he does okay. He's it's definitely a different character for mm-hmm. him, and he does it well, I think. You got John C. McGinley, who always puts in good work, in yeah. my opinion. He's always fun uh, to watch, for sure. I don't want to mispronounce her name, but I might. Clea Duvall, mm-hmm. who I basically only know her from this and The Faculty, and The Faculty is super tight. I recommend The Faculty. Mm. You got Alfred Molina. Damn. Obviously... You know what I'm going to say he's in, which is Raiders of the Lost Ark. No, everybody <laughs> thought I was going Spider-Man. I'm talking the beginning of Raiders, man, where he's like, hand me the idol. <laughs> that's, that's the man. That's he's so his, good. That's his slide. That's what launched him into fame. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, yeah, Spielberg knows me. Uh, this guy, this guy I'm about to say, I would love to have this guy's career. Okay. Not because he's done like like been a lead or anything but this guy he's in a lot of stuff and mm. you always recognize him but you probably don't know his name maybe john hawks mm. and john hawks always puts in good work in my opinion and motherfucker's character's name is larry yeah bro. come on now <laughs> then we get amanda pete who if you haven't seen a lot like love get the fuck out there and watch a lot like love um then we get Ray Liotta. This yeah. is the second time with James Mangold because he was in Copland. Okay. And our lead, our main boy, a man I have actually met, but he probably would not remember me, is a Mr. A John Cusack, also in Anastasia. Um, very soft-spoken man. I met him and his sister. And, uh, Joan. It's like, yeah, Joan. <laughs> if... if I, lo- I love talking? the whole, like, John Joan thing. I think it's yeah. hilarious to me. <laughs> when John's talking, you got to listen because he, he's very soft-spoken. Mm. And then when Joan starts, you got to turn down your ears. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. So it's, it's quite the difference. But John Cusack, I don't know. There's thing I really enjoy him. And I don't think he mixes it up too much. Mm-mm. But what he does, I really enjoy. I don't know. I agree. I agree. Like, we saw him in being John Malkovich. And I think that's one of the performances where he might turn it up a he, little bit more. He did definitely mix it up in that one. Yeah. 
but yeah, no, he's he. I think soft spoken is the right phrase to use. He he's definitely in a sweet spot of middle ground, and he's just always like there. Uh, again, this is Isabella's favorite movie. If I don't remember correctly, I'm sorry, but it's at least in her top movies. And man, it's a fun fucking ride. I'm not going to lie. That's like my five minute spoiler free review. It's a really fun fucking ride. <laughs> uh, again, if you enjoy the type of film where it's like a bunch of people stuck in a place and then people start getting murdered, I think you're going to enjoy this. If you enjoy that. Yeah. This is for you. Um, my spoil, I'll tell you about the atmosphere of this one for mm. my spoiler free review. Well, I was rewatching, like I haven't seen this movie in years, but I still remembered a decent amount of it. Mm hmm. Probably like 90%. But this time, I was feeling the atmosphere of the film. And it felt very Hitchcock to me. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Like, even some of the shots. There, there were some shots where, you know, they're looking for things. And they were like a little drawn out. Nothing's really happening. They're just moving. And I'm like, the atmosphere is super Hitchcock here. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling it. Yeah. And also, like, I got to say, props to all of the cast. Because the whole movie happens... In, in rain a, in storm yeah so like there's rain all the time and i'm like man people don't give credit for that type of shit enough but it's like you're spending hours of the day being soaked by fake rain and uh i'm sure a lot of them got like colds i'm not gonna lie the, as far as i read they did yeah. yeah it was common yeah well it makes sense right uh before before in the 2003s people weren't afraid of uh getting a little bit too close when they were six um <laughs> so you know different times different times for sure uh but i think all the cast does a really good job i think they all know they have a part to play and uh they play it and they commit to the fact that you know they're all getting fucking murdered and i think a lot of people wouldn't do that that well uh they'd be like well if i'm getting fucking killed why am i gonna put all this stuff into it you know but uh because you know, the movie is about it. Everyone does a great job. And I really liked it for sure. Um, with that out of the way, I think it's clear that we both say you should totally watch it for a fun time. Yes. Uh, James Mangold. Nice job. Nice job. You can see some of the stuff that he carried over uh, to his other movies. So with that, let's jump into uh, the, 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 the spoiler. Spoilerful Fika. Uh, if you don't care, <laughs> you should care, man. It's a it's a fun movie. Go watch it. It's not that long. Uh, however, if you decide to stick around, uh, sometimes we go in linear, you know, narrative mm. with the movie. Sometimes we don't. Mm. We jump here back and forth. So uh, get ready for that. And for those of you who've Honestly, seen it, join I us. I don't care about spoilers. So if you're like me, just keep watching. Really? You don't care about spoilers? I don't give a rat's ass about a spoiler. No shit. Like, it can be the day the movie's opening. You can tell me the whole thing. Yeah. If the movie is well made, I'll still enjoy it. I don't give a rat's ass. Yeah, but do you, like, I'm not saying you wouldn't enjoy it because, you know, like you said, if it's a good movie, you'll enjoy it. That's why movies can be rewatched. But do you think it takes mm -hmm. a little mm -hmm. bit away from the, like, first viewing experience? I can't think of a movie where it did. Interesting. If anything, it prepared me for a bad movie <laughs> or one a little. That I, jeez, uh, I'm gonna throw a Christopher Nolan one in here. Uh, Dark Knight Rises. Mm. It's fine. It's a fine, it's fine movie. Yeah, 
It's not. I don't think it compares to the first two of that trilogy. Yeah. And I saw all the spoilers beforehand, and I was like, oh, that's it, eh? Yeah. Okay, and then I watched it, and that's exactly what it was, and I was like, yeah, that's hmm. like 20 minutes of Batman, right? on. I'm not going to lie to you. Pick. I have trouble sitting through Batman Begins, at least the Ooh. first half of it. Uh, Batman Begins uh, is my favorite of them. <laughs> no, and I, honestly, I rewatched it recently, and I was like, okay, I asked my brother to sit down and watch it with me because he also likes it. And so I was like, if I'm going to sit through it, I might like he might help me get through it. Um, Yeah. And I was like for a second there. And I'm sorry for the tangent, guys. But for a second there, I was. Yeah, we're off on a different movie here. (laughs) I enjoy Batman Begins for sure. But mostly because I enjoy what it's doing to set up Dark Knight. It's not necessarily that I think Batman Begins is a it's a solid movie. I just just not the one that I would put when I want to watch it. A Nolan see I film. tangent over. <laughs> we're back to identity, and <clears throat> I'm gonna say one of the things that I really like, and upon a second watch of the movie, what stands out still, and I, what I really enjoy is those first minutes of the movie where we are cutting back and forth between mm. like the timelines of how they all got to the hotel. That's dope as shit because it's also shamelessly 2000s with like a slight the pause. Still, yeah, <laughs> with a slight still frame. And then you just go back and it's so simple and it's so clear as to its function. But I think it's so well made and I love it because it just captures your attention, right? Like you're all through this movie, similar to Sunshine, you're just in it. You're hooked. You want to know what happens. You want to know what's going on. And I think it's honestly really well made it's a really good device to capture your audience's attention for sure and now people start dying there's a killer um would you if if it was your first try or if you remember your first try Mm. could you figure out who the killer was Mm -mm. no right on cool no i'm not gonna lie i was like so at first you know because everything points to ray liotta and I'm not going to lie, yeah. even even upon the second watch, because I didn't remember who the killer was, uh, oh. I was like, dude, it's so telegraphed that it's Ray Liotta. <laughs> like, the whole thing with the, like, puncture wound on his back, like, what? I was, I was actually, like, I wrote it down in my notes. I was like, man, maybe, you know, it is a little bit too telegraphed. But then... They switched it up on me for a second time, and I was like, "Oh fuck, right? It's it because it's not him. That's why it's fucking telegraphed." <laughs> <laughs> Red herring. <laughs> um, no, I honestly, I here's the thing: the movie's a little bit dated with the whole split personality thing and split. Okay, uh, so the, we're going straight up into letting this out. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> we we should get it out of the way. You know, like split. Uh, from M. Night Shyamalan caught some slack for it as well. Um, Where it's like this sensationalized thing that, you know, happened to a lot of the media back then, like the darker media, where it's like you you kind of sensationalize a little bit uh, murders and um, mental illness in a way that is not realistic. Uh, But it, it does create a good plot, right? Especially because you don't find out about this up until like later in the movie, right? So mm-hmm. you're just in this situation with these characters where it's like, oh man. Also, the killings are very brutal for the most part. And it's 
fun to watch, man. Like, it's fun to see these characters that you don't necessarily care about as much as the ones from Sunshine. I think that's where, and I'm sorry to be comparing them both, but, like, I'm just saying, in terms of who I care about, Sunshine hit Mm -hmm. me harder, right? Where it's like, oh, man, that, like, Chris Evans dies. And, ooh, spoilers. (laughs) You were warned. Uh, Chris Evans dies. And it's already like, been released. Eh, that's insane. Um, so yeah, for sure. I think it's not, you know, current and it's not PC, but it does create an entertaining movie. If we're talking about the characters here. Mm. Um, so right at the beginning, um, there's a little family. There's a mom, a stepfather and a son. Mm-hmm. And the mom gets hit by a car. John Cusack's character, Ed, is driving the car yep. uh, that that hits her because he's driving around an actress in the in the and she she's distracted him. He's looking for something for her. Um, now, since you already know it's in his head and that uh, these characters are all parts of a split personality, there are a bunch of inconsistencies mm. in this movie okay. that are meant to be there to throw you off. And honestly, while I do like it, I do enjoy that. Yeah. I think it's a little bit of a cop out on letting the killer be known because at the end when they do reveal the killer, mm-hmm. you're like, for one shot in particular, mm-hmm. I know he's not there. But it's just one of those inconsistencies that follows with all the other inconsistencies. So, do you mean the one he, where. It, go, 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 go. Okay. So, when. We get two different perspectives of this point. Yeah. When the mom gets hit, in the first time you see it, she kind of goes under the car. Yeah. The second time she gets hit in John Cusack's uh, point of view, she kind of rolls over the car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you get a little inconsistency there. There's a few inconsistencies like that. Um, the part I'm talking about where we reveal the killer yeah. is when the car blows up. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. So in the perspective where we see it, these two people go towards this car. Boom, it blows up. That's it. When we see the reveal of who the killer is, he's walking away from the car, and we totally would have seen that. We totally would have seen see it, that. yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, if not us, they would have, because he's walking yeah, yeah, in yeah. the same direction that they're coming from. Like, they're coming from an angle, but they would have fucking seen him, man. Like, there's a yeah, huge fire. 100%. There's still lights. Like, he would... He's. <laughs> He wouldn't, it's not that dark so that they didn't see him. For me, the shot that doesn't line up necessarily, it's uh, when they show him, quote unquote, killing uh, the actress because she okay. kind of like turns and kind of like looks up a little bit to like, fair, you fair. know, and it's like, but, yeah. but he's a child. Why are you looking Okay, I was going to say, we're, we're letting that out right now. We're just, we're just straight up letting it out. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, it's a fun twist. I think it's a fun twist, and I think it, it's a good payoff for sure. Does it make sense all the way through? No. Um, and I honestly don't understand why we need to see the flashback of him murdering everyone. Like I, am, oh, I don't mind that. Like I think it's a little bit just because I think it's a little bit gratuitous of like, yeah, man, the fucking kid killed everyone. Here you go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite death? You know, you don't even see it. The mm. one I really enjoy is uh, the Jake Busey with the bat with the down bat. the throat. And you can see the like the neck bulging out a little bit. Yeah, man. I think that was sick. But you don't even see it. You see the aftermath. Did you know 
this is just for me because one of my favorite movies is Wizard of Oz. Mm. They shot this on the same soundstage as the Emerald City. Nice, nice. I think yeah. I, I, when for me, when when I hear that type of story, it's always interesting because it's like, man, if walls could talk, right? If, yeah, if right? walls could talk, the shit we would learn. Um, I, I think overall. M- most of the effects still hold up like the practical effects that they have mm-hmm. like both car hits are gnarly oh yeah they're both really yeah. gnarly um i will say this though right in terms of mm-hmm. gripes i don't know if we like it's just how it wraps up Right, like I understand where mm. where it's going, and I understand the point. When when it. you say wrap up, do you mean the immediate ending or what? Because I might have a very similar thing to what you're about to say. I'm thinking like the immediate ending. Okay, I'm thinking a little bit before. Continue. Okay. okay. So for me, it's just like I I get everything that's happening, and I and I'm there for the twist. But for some reason, and you might help me pinpoint it. I don't okay. know why it doesn't land as well for me. Right? I enjoy the twist. I think the twist is a good twist because you're like, oh shit, okay, you just pulled this out of like from under me, okay. But something about it just doesn't end up sitting well with me. Not enough to ruin the movie or anything. I'm not Algot, um, but <laughs> but definitely, definitely something just doesn't sit right. So I want to hear what you have to say, and maybe I can figure mine out. Okay, well, mine is actually before that. Mine is right after John Cusack realizes that he's not real mm. and he's just an identity in uh, Malcolm's head. Malcolm is a uh, he's about to be put to death for a murder of six people four years ago, mm-hmm. uh, and the whole point of this is it's the day before he's going to get murdered, and his doctor, played by Milena, mm-hmm. wants. He doesn't want him to die. That's it. He's like, he wasn't really responsible for this. He's got this problem. He's got multiple personalities. Mm-hmm. One of those personalities uh, went loose and fucked some people up, man. Um, so he tries to come up with a scenario, which works, where they all meet at this hotel. And he says that he knew there would be violence and that the personalities would get killed off. And as he does, he just wants to make sure that the killer gets killed off. And so that the only one left, or not even only one left, but the only ones that are left are the peaceful ones, hmm. so that he can live, he won't be harmful to anybody. And my problem with what what happens right after is John Cusack's character, Ed, now knows that this is what he has to do. And the first thing he does is he's just like, I'm just going to go kill Ray Liotta. So as soon as he finds out, he just comes back, he gets shot by Ray Liotta, and then he shoots Ray Liotta. Hmm. And... That's it. Then he just dies, and then I'm just, and then it ends. Mm. So there's a there's like two little endings there. He just comes back, no real dialogue. They're running around. Stay here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever. And then we fade to that little ending that you get with the little twist where we realize, oh shit, he is still alive. Yeah. I think why it doesn't pay off so well is because of the one thing that we at least for you, like maybe it pays off great for somebody, mm-hmm. but I think why it doesn't pay off well for you is something we already brought up. The explosion thing. We would have seen him walk away. So, ergo, 
it's not like a thing. It's like we weren't even looking. We had no real hint mm-hmm. that there was anything else. Mm-hmm. It wasn't ingrained there. And then, I don't know. I don't know. And then the other thing is, it's a child. How do you move all the bodies? But then it realized that it, once it's in the head, it doesn't matter because they fucking just disappear. Those personalities mm-hmm. aren't there anymore. I'll say this, uh, though. I feel like it. in terms of the Ray Liotta character, I understand why he's running away, right? Because he is a criminal, right? And, yeah. And he has killed. Oh, no. All the, all the character things make sense pretty much, except that, you know, you don't really have a sense of who that child is mm. because he doesn't fucking speak. <laughs> I think that's it. I think it's that it goes from being this, you know, murderer and like vicious and all this shit to what I think now, because maybe at the time it wasn't, but now it's a fucking gimmick, right? Like Mm -hmm. the fucked up, messed up, murdering child is now a gimmick. And I, I don't know. I think it's like probably, you know, I'm looking at it in hindsight with like all the movies that I've seen recently where it's like, I'm tired of it, right? But perhaps in 2003, that was like, oh, shit, like a child. Like, how fucking dare they put that on a child, you know? Um, <laughs> but I think it's like... Honestly, it, it doesn't bother me that much just because, like, the movie... I enjoy the movie so much mm. up to that point that it's just got so much goodwill for me that for I'm sure. just like, yeah, yeah, no, right? Like, if that's what you want to throw up, plus the inconsistencies that are on purpose... So it's like, okay, you got me. It's in a head. Like, yeah. can I get that upset about it? I feel Not it's really. like a little bit in a way like a Shyamalan movie where it's like once the twist is there and you realize that mm. everything is working in favor of that twist, some of it seems like you say, like a bit of a cop out. Some of it is like, yeah, okay, okay. I see what you did there and you had to do it that way because otherwise this doesn't work out properly. But you know, it's, it's definitely a mood thing. I think it can definitely turn some people off. I I, I recommend watching the film uh, thinking that people understand why I like this type of film where it's like, I'm not here to analyze the shit out of it, even though we're doing it right now. <laughs> but it's like, I'm not I don't think we're analyzing it. the shit out of it. Yeah, I don't think we're like, this is the type of film that if you're overly critical with, you're not gonna, like you're missing the point of the film, right? Like, this is not the fountain. This is not mother. <laughs> like this is a straight to the point thriller slasher film. And you should approach it like that. You know what I'm saying? I like how the movie is structured and how it has all yes. these different branches that it can go into. Right. Cause it starts out with the murder. And then at some point, Clea Duvall goes, Oi, this could be supernatural. Right, and then she goes, "Oi, yeah, yeah, yeah." She said, "Like that's the I lifted the quote." <laughs> and then the bodies start disappearing. So you're like, "Holy shit, maybe mm-hmm. it's yeah, yeah, supernatural," yeah. you know? And it would make sense, like no one really sees it. But then Larry gets all fucking weird and murdery and shit. And you're like, "Nah, man, it's Larry." <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. There's just so many red herrings. It's like. One character after the other, like, oh, it's it's this person. It's not. Oh, okay, well then, it's, oh, it's this person. It's not. Okay. Oh, so it's this. It's not again. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like all of the, all of this movie hinges on what um, Paris 
says at some point in the movie where it's like way different than Larry. The story that he's telling is so whack yeah. that it might be true. And I think it's just, it's that. Like, the movie is so out there and it's committed fully to being what it is that you're like, man, fuck yeah. Like, dip, dip. it's not that guy and it's not that guy. It could be supernatural. And then you're like, because you're in the movie with all these guesses when it's like, oh, it's a split identity movie. You're like, oh, shit. And they do it so earnestly, too. Like, obviously, you should do. You're in the movie. You're getting paid to be like, this is that character's life. You got to be in it as that character. And they all are. They all commit, and that's great. It's not one person half-assing it. So that's that's fantastic. Maybe the kid. Especially, like, not uh, <laughs> fair, but he was young. Probably didn't have that much training. Yeah. Um, the thing is, though, like, obviously, this is not an Academy Award-winning movie. This is not going to be. It's not trying to be. Mm-hmm. But these people, like, you don't for one second think that they're acting. Every single one of these persons... Are their character mm. and I? Uh, fuck yeah! I think I, I agree. I agree completely. All of them really commit to it. Um, I remember Clea Duval mostly from Zodiac. Uh, right, like, I forgot she was in that. Yeah, that's where she mostly comes back to me. In this, I just feel bad for her character, man. Like honestly, yeah, she got yeah, lied to, arguably, because we don't know if the guy was lying or not. But she gets lied to by her friend marries a dude on the sole idea and lie that she's pregnant they get stuck on their way back arguably he wouldn't have died if she wasn't like fuck it we're leaving and then honest yeah i feel bad and i don't feel bad (laughs) because like obviously she was going through some shit she she was with this guy who she heard was cheating on her and all hints point that he was. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I believe that that he that he was because as soon as he sees Amanda Pete, he changes his tune. He's like, yeah, let him in. Get him in the car. Mm. Yeah. For a honeymoon, I'm going to have a menage a trois. Oh, it's just, but, honestly, um, the way that all of them look at Amanda Pete, it's yeah. like... Except for except for uh, John Cusack, yeah. he's the only one who doesn't well, look like he objectifies. Yeah, well, he's like guilt written because he killed another woman, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> But the thing about uh, Clea's character is she lied to get this guy uh, to be with her just because she kind of felt jealous. Mm. So it's like there's there's a mix of both. It's like that's almost like a real person. Like it's definitely money. There's some gray area in there where you're too emotional. So you're making some bad decisions. Yeah. In this. So. I don't know. It's like I get it, but I don't feel bad. But yeah. it's like I understand. Yeah. At least then, I can I can go with you on there's it. There's just like a very tragic poetry about it where it's like, oh man, like she lied. She feels bad about lying. And then eventually all of that leads to the guy being fucking murdered. You know, she blows up too, but she doesn't know she's <laughs> gonna blow up. So she lives with the fact that because of her jealousy, she just killed the guy that she arguably wanted to be with and i think that's fucked. but also she shows a fucking bad guy to be with oh, yeah. if he's willing to try and flirt and fuck amanda pete right in front of her knowing about the jealousy thing 
should have never been with that guy to begin with. You should have totally left when this guy didn't show that kind of respect to you. <laughs> Definitely did. I agree. I agree. Speaking of uh, poetry, though. Yeah. The the opening lines of this film mm-hmm. have stuck with me for years. Every now and then I just walk around and I say the opening little poem thing. No shit. Do you remember it? I don't remember all of it. I remember there's a man there's a man at the top of the stairs. Uh, yeah, as I was as I was going up the stairs, I met a man who wasn't there. He wasn't there again today. I wish I wish, I wish he'd go away. Yeah, I wish he'd go away. Yeah. I don't get it. Like it sounds pretty. <laughs> okay. I think it kind of clues in like immediately that yeah. the split personality. Okay. 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 I can see I can see the relation there, yeah, for sure. I think they ingrain that little mm-hmm. hint and then like when you rewatch it and you pay attention to the poem and the words and you're like, right on. So there are clues every now and then, like obviously the inconsistencies. Mm. But some like they're super minor that I don't think you would notice uh, maybe upon first viewing. Maybe, I don't think so. Maybe. Like, there's one little thing. I don't know if you noticed. Uh, there's a scene where Amanda Pete's bending over, and so you get this little gratuitous shot with uh, her underwear sticking out, and she's wearing black underwear. There's another shot where she's bending over again, and her, and her underwear showing. Boom, it's changed to white in the span of one night. She doesn't change it. There's, there's like, just little things. Okay. Little things throughout the entire movie. I honestly, I feel like if someone were to figure this out on the first watch, I would be really impressed. Yeah, I because for I will say this too though, I turn off my brain when I walk Fair. into this type of movie, like sunshine off, this off, underwater <laughs> off, like because I don't care, right? Like I want to have fun I, with these characters. I want to be in it with them. I don't want to be fucking thinking about yeah. you know. Fair, 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 fair. That. The 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 one thing I noticed when I saw this movie when I was twelve for the first time. So, oh my God, over half my life ago, mm. um, when I saw this movie for the first time, was uh, the actress character. She pays him a little extra money to get a very nice room, and he says, eight's nice and cozy. Then when you see her leave, she comes out of room 10, I think. Or maybe it's nine, but it's not eight. Mm. I remember it not being eight. Okay, okay. That may, honestly, I feel like all those details are definitely all throughout the film, and I feel like... yeah. If you were looking for them, you would definitely find them, and they add to it. I, like, and the fun thing is that they're on purpose. It's not like a mistake. Exactly, it's purposefully wrong. Um, John Cusack's character, mm-hmm. like obviously, the everybody's character is way different, which is nice, especially for multiple personality. Mm-hmm. Why would one be the same? Of course. But you got two murderers, I guess. Maybe technically three murderers out of the. 12 even though when they talk about it there's only supposed to be nine yeah which makes me think that maybe they just didn't discover each identity because mm. there's definitely 12 people altogether. Mm-hmm. but um yeah because arguably Jesus the Christ. guy driving the two convicts would be part of that right the guy driving the two convicts oh yeah yeah so there'd be even more mm-hmm. there'd be even more than i even thought of oh and uh, um, second larry yeah, fair, fair enough too. Yep. So there's there's definitely char- um, characters, uh, identities that uh, the, the the doctor doesn't know about in real life. But um, you got three killers minimum. Mm-hmm. You got Jake Busey's character. You got Ray Liotta, and then you got the killer of the film, which is the child. Mm-hmm. So you got three killers there, and it sounds like. The um, doctor only knows about the one that committed the murders. Doesn't think that there's any other. But you got John Cusack's character. 
who was straight out of a film noir <laughs> picture. Like, just long trench coat. Yeah. I'm just mostly surprised he wasn't smoking cigarettes. So that's the only thing they needed to do. But yeah. I guess with all that rain and water, he couldn't. Just every time he walks out of the water, light up. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Inner monologue going on. That we yeah, <laughs> for sure. And, you know, I think if you put it into perspective of when um, Malcolm's personality split, they make sense. Their personal, The personalities make sense. Right, mm-hmm. they are the type of people who you would encounter yeah. at motels, which is where he was abandoned. But also, like the noir thing that you just talked about, he probably watched a lot of film and like on TV, not like pay per view shit. <laughs> so there was definitely probably a lot of like that type of character, and he gravitates towards it. And then you have um, the actress character could represent the other side of it, and that's why they're paired together, you know, and like. All this other stuff. My in my head, it's like whenever they talk about split personality movies, and Split did it too. It's like when the personality takes hold, that's who they live as. And I just start to wonder, man. In my head, it's like okay, so when he, when he's supposedly Paris, does he actually like hoe out? You know, does he go out on the town? Does he have yeah, a good yeah, time? Yeah. I'm like, that's a, you know, that's where my brain goes, where it's like, when he's the kid, you know, if he wasn't a murdering psychopath, would it be like (laughs) (laughs) all doodles and rainbows for him, you know? There, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I I enjoy it. My my favorite reveal, which is, it doesn't last that long, but my favorite reveal, maybe because of the way it's edited, the music and the acting, Mm. is when Ed figures out everybody's connection via the names. Yeah. Like, obviously, the birthdays are nice, but at that point, there's so few characters left that it would have been cool if there were more when they figured that one out. But when he (laughs) figures out the names, I really, really like that scene. Well, because it it does show you that there was thought put into the script. Yeah. Like, because you might not catch all the little details that are hidden in there. Um, like another good example of that is Knives Out. I've seen Knives Out probably like six times. And every time I watch it, I'm like, oh, man, they really thought about that detail, too. You know, that's really cool. Did see, um, the first time I saw Knives Out, I knew immediately. Really? There was no real guessing for me. Yeah, immediately. I, like, I was like, here's the thing. I From just the way Chris Evans was acting, yeah, I was like, okay, so it's Chris Evans. But then it made me think in my head, so it can't be. Maybe he's the red herring. And then That's when it I is him, too. I'm like, oh, okay. Okay, sure. I, think, I, I I knew. I think your red herring being the murderer can work and can't work. And I think Chris Evans makes it work just because of how he's acting in that film. Like, I think he makes the reveal Well, I'm work glad it worked me. for you, but it did not work for me. I was just like, all right, cool. I, got, it didn't work for Algot as well. <laughs> but um, I'm, with, yeah. I'm with you, buddy. Rocky Mountain. I know that's not where you are. <laughs> so yeah, I, I definitely think it's it's a really cool moment to see that all the thought went into these characters being named after states or specific place within the state. Um, it's awesome. I think it's awesome. I think it's one of those little things that keeps adding to the experience. It's a good thing we didn't learn Ed's last name because somebody probably would have picked it out earlier. 
Mm. And uh, maybe somebody did with the other names. I don't know. <laughs> like, it's a it's a cool reveal. And I think it's a cool reveal because it's just John Cusack at that moment. So he sells it to yeah. you. Right? Because he sells the fuck out of that part. Otherwise, it's a very goofy reveal. Because, like, honestly, when, could he be, reads, yeah. when he reads Lou Isiana, I was like, come on, man. Like, you were doing so well. <laughs> All of the other ones I'm on board with, but Louisiana, are you kidding me? <laughs> Do you have anything you would like to add about identity and the fun ride that it is? Uh, well, it's kind of loosely based on a Agatha Christie novel, which I think works because okay. she does. She's known for her murder mysteries, and yeah. then the novel was, and then there was none, okay. which they actually bring up in. This movie, but not by uh, name or anything. Uh, Clea's character says, do you guys remember that one movie where these people are all together and they start dying off slowly? Yeah. And she is referring to, and then there were none, which uh, I believe, according to this thing I'm reading, is also known as Ten Little Indians. So maybe that's a book I got to read. And then there were none. Honestly, when, when Cleo says that, my my head went straight into this film called um, Fuck Fantasy Island. It just came out. It has Michael Payne. Fuck Fantasy Island. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> it's honestly, like, it's not good. I'm not recommending it. It's I, for like a rainy day kind of situation. <laughs> but that's It's like a rainy went. day. And if you have SAD, which is seasonal affective disorder, and so the rain just brings you down. And so you want your day to remain shit. Watch it. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that movie was bad. Um, yeah. So all things considered. Larry, if you were to give a rating, because we live in a society, Joaquin yes. Phoenix for you, um, what is the rating that you would give? I honestly, I'd give it a four to five. Okay. 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 I like it. I like it. It's a good, it's a good rating. Personally, you know, because of the effects holding up, I love the gruesome deaths. I really like the characters. And... I found out it has rewatchability, watchability and I would definitely like it to keep watching it because it's a fun little, mm. you know, I like condensed films, one location. Um, I will give it a 3.5 with a little Ooh. heart on the letterboxed because <laughs> that means I just really enjoy it. But here's the thing. I was thinking about why I don't like the ending and I was also thinking just like, oh, fuck, why it pisses me off. When we get the reveal that it's a little kid and he's standing on like over top Paris and yeah, yeah. we get the flashbacks of how he's killed. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That part. Yeah. <laughs> it is such a goofy moment where it's just like, no disrespect Paris, but you could kick the fuck out of that child. No, okay. I thought the same thing when he was doing the thing. I was like, Paris, you can take him. <laughs> That's the same thing. <laughs> I was like, you are at a perfect angle for a straight up nut punch. You could just punch you him in the You also nuts. have all that broken up dirt you just made. Throw it in his eyes. Or the key. <laughs> like, you have the key. Throw yeah, it in his yeah. face. <laughs> throw the key with the dirt in his face. And then literally swipe around. You could take his fucking legs out. Yeah. Um, I wish that uh, we could call Isabella and ask her. Yeah. 
But I feel like it's just a little too early. <laughs> I don't know. Just a little bit. I think she also might be working. I think she was on set that week. Oh. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. Um, Makes sense. You guys are always working, you production people. Yeah. Well, not all <laughs> of us. But, you know, some of them do. Uh, but, you know, I will let her know. And uh, maybe we can talk about it when we discuss our next our next film. Uh Yes. Alrighty, so ratings out of the way, movie talk out of the way, my cup of coffee is over. And is your cup of coffee over, Larry? It has to be, because I don't even know where it is. Cool. It's so over that it disappeared. (laughs) It's it was in my head. Yeah. It was holy shit. If you've made it this far into the episode, thank you so much for sticking around for the conversation on identity. I hope that you enjoyed it. We were all over the place, but realistically, so is the we movie. Were. We were just channeling <laughs> the energy. I mean, I get what he's saying there, but if you watch the movie, it's not that all over the place. <laughs> it's pretty linear. It's kind of like really straightforward. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope you had fun and we hope to see you next week. If you're listening on a podcast uh, platform, know that we're on every single podcast platform. So if you feel like switching it up, don't feel bad about leaving us behind because we can come with you. We're on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes Podcasts, Overcast. We're like, I don't even know the rest of them. You know, this is If you want some dope ass surround sound, like almost like Dolby Atmos, set up a bunch of like... uh, speakers somewhere smart homes around the house and play it on each one get it in sync oh my god it'll sound so cool so cool you can get our voices from every single possible angle into your ear holes uh yeah and it's not like he's gonna get all those views it's not gonna help him at all we're not trying (laughs) to do this (laughs) if you also like visual stimulation we have a youtube version of the podcast which you can check out on youtube under Films and Fika. You know what? Uh, I'd be willing to bet that most of these people do like visual stimulation because mm-hmm. we're talking about movies. But that's just a guess. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, you know, some people just like to hear us when they're cleaning or when they're driving. And you should not have yeah. that much visual stimulation when you're handling you w- a car. Whoa! Okay. No, sorry. That was just in case you were driving. I wanted to make sure you were, uh, you know, paying attention. That was for you. Alrighty. We will see you next time. Larry, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thanks for asking me again. No worries, man. (laughs) 